0: Hi everybody and welcome to today's episode of the Endless House Podcast. I hope you're all well who's watching. I'm joined by my co-host John. How are you, John?
1: I'm good, mate. I'm good.
0: That's great to have you back on. And also a special guest, a radio personality, game game master host, a media personality, Dominic Diamond. How are you?
2: I am good, Stephen. I'm good. Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, Donnie.
1: How you doing? <laughs> I'm
2: all right. I'm all right. I've made it. I, I, I did say on Twitter that I was rushing back to my house in, in Calgary to make this on time. And, and it's weird because uh, the, the way this it's lunchtime and you can tell that because I've got the sun streaming right onto my baldy napper if I kind of go like that.
1: And, uh, <laughs> it's,
2: it's like a sauna in here just now which is bizarre because Calgary is the coldest uh, part of the world. that that bit north of the wall in Game of Thrones that was based on Calgary basically so um, <laughs> but I'm here and I'm and I'm excited at the end of what's been a fantastic week for our club.
0: and by by the way you're lucky you have the sun Dominic it's pissing the rain where I am so (laughs) but I mean before before we move into the show I do want to come to yourself first Dominic I mean we appreciate you coming on and you've been doing some great stuff latest with the Guardian but I know you've got something new coming up so tell the people what that is what it involves what it entails
2: Sure. Well, thank you very much for front loading the plug, like right up top. That's good. Some people see I did that old firm facts podcast. That we shite waits till the end. So fair play. I <laughs> um, yeah. So um uh, yeah no in the nineties I had this kind of famous uh, column, video games column in Games Master magazine called uh, the Big Purple Column, and I've I've now I'm now fifty two, so it's I've got a different version of it. I've just brought it, but it's called the Little Old. Purple column because you know, because I'm older now, it's not as big, and uh, so it's, it's like a kind of weekly uh, video games roundup thing because when I started writing for The Guardian. I came at it from the point of view of someone who I didn't, didn't play a lot of video games the last 10 20 years because I was hopelessly addicted to FIFA and FIFA alone uh-huh. and it took over my life. And so my kids were all saying, Oh, i play the Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, I can't, I'm about to be in Division Four Rivals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so yeah, so it was the editor of The Guardian said, Well, listen, you know, why don't you do a column about you kind of going back and re- you know, rediscovering these games that you're kids like and make it kind of half uh, um, half video games, half parenting teenagers call them. And it went down really well. And a lot of people got in touch who used to watch Games Master and said, listen, we find the whole video game scene just crazy and confusing these days. We go on to play Call of Duty and and it's all so fast and people are swearing at each other and we don't really understand it. So I thought, well, I'll bring a column back and it's basically me trying to make sense of modern video games for the Games Master generation of the 90s who feel a little bit kind of lost now and also going back and looking at some of those classic games and everything. And what's great is that I do it through a platform called Substack, which means that as well as writing it, I do an audio version as well. And and that's it. And you can just if you best just look at my Twitter at Dominic Diamond. there's also to links to it
0: on that. Yeah, there's we'll that. we'll put the links in the description. Don't <laughs> really? worry. But that sounds absolutely fantastic. I mean, me myself, I probably borderline addicted to FIFA. I do love yeah. FIFA like yeah. so. I do play a bit of Call really, Julie, um, Cold War. I think it is now. They're, they're good right. games like, but yeah. sometimes they're a bit up in the air like. But I do want to say to everyone who's watched along, thanks for joining, Rand Kelly. Back in Paul Dad's back in he's had a, a Celtic podcast overload today which is fantastic. Rank Kelly again. I mean Tim Alloy, Jed Thomas, but John, we'll kick this podcast into gear and we'll start talking about as Dominic said the club we all love, Celtic Football Club. Big the Cogley again sweeping up on the awards. Another Manager of the Month award. I think that's four in a row, is it? Three or four in a row? It's yeah, just a bit fantastic. Four, I uh, about four in a row. He maybe, maybe reaches out ten for us. You never know. <laughs> <But> you, <laughs> But but you look you, you look at this Johnny's again, we're talking about him every week, but winning awards month in, month out, the pitchers behind him with all the different coaches staff, he's such a classy guy, isn't
1: he? Nah, he's, he's different, man. It's I think he's been a breath of fresh air for the club. I think we've been quite stagnant in that area eh, for a number of years. Obviously having Brendan and then all the troubles with Brendan leaving Lennon coming back uh and everything else, and obviously we were in a bit of a We've spoke about it numerous times. We didn't even know where we were really going and then the whole Eddie Howe saga. But Andrew's been an absolute godsend as far as I'm concerned. He's been fantastic and he's proved it through the results he's got the club, the position that he's put us in, and then obviously the awards that he's winning and the awards the team's winning. So, aye, he's been absolutely fantastic. Can I, can yeah, I speak highly enough?
0: You can't. He's just been a magician for us, really, like Tom Rogers, the magician Aussie. But Dominic, you look at it as well, I'm going to come at you with like a two-prong question because I'm quite interested to find out some of your Celtic memories. So, first of all, I want to kind of ask you, what is the memory that stands out for you the most, or the most important season in, in your Celtic sporting life? And up to now, what has what Posta like imprinted on you as a Celtic fan? Is he totally changed your perspective? Because beforehand, we're maybe a bit naive that all these different coaches coming in from foreign lands. We're used to like Gordon Strachan, Neil Lennon, come back two times. So they kind of went out of their comfort zone. They've run past the cog, Lynn. He's done fantastically well. But to start back with what I said, like, your memories leading up to now, how's it been for you? I
2: think that uh, I've had, because I've been here in Canada now for uh, 13 years, I've only been back once in that time. So I, um, I look for uh, memories that make me smile. And I know, you know, like most people would pick, probably pick Seville and I was at Seville and it was amazing. But I think um, the, the time at Ibrox, the game we called the Craig Bellamy show, when Craig Bellamy absolutely ran them ragged and, and we did the bouncy at Ibrox, the Celtic fans at the end, to absolutely get it right up them. And I think that is hilarious because it is an utterly hateful song. And to take hate, to take a boxing glove and turn it into a bunch of flowers, it's just so good. The best thing you can ever do with all that is laugh yeah. at it. And we laughed at it at their place. And so that was just such a joyous release. And I, yeah, I can't think about it now uh, without smiling. And we also have, we we have, and he, he won't thank me for mentioning this, we, there's a mutual uh, friend of ours, very famous Celtic fan in Stranraer, called Romano Petrucci, who's responsible for me becoming uh, such a Celtic fan in the first place. But he is very well-connected. And he's very influential. The, the last game I went to actually was uh, the uh, the first leg of the uh, Champions League playoff against Malmo, right? So that was about... Um, how long was that now? Six, years ago? I would be about six, seven years ago. One, six, seven years ago yeah. yeah. And I remember that. This is what Romano's like. You basically see him at Celtic Park and he's got 20 season books and like runners heading off to all kinds of directions and lounge passes and everything. That's Romano. He's a brilliant guy. But he said can't remember how many years ago now it was, and he, he, he messaged uh, me and my pal, Mikey, with three of us our best pals, and he said, like, listen, I've just heard, I've just heard from a source. They just bit Craig Bellamy. And uh, he said he's coming back to Celtic Park this season. He says he's got unfinished business. So, uh, And I always laugh because he didn't. So uh, every transfer window, we just slaughter the guy on Facebook. And everything was just like, <laughs> unfinished business for Bellamy. Finally, here we go. <laughs> so I, I, I always think of Craig Bellamy with a smile. Um, I know that he wasn't there as long as, as we hoped, but he was such... A, a dazzling, effervescent player. He was just a different mm-hmm. class. And I, I loved him as a player. And he gave us a fantastic memory of that, of that game at Ibrox. And in yeah, terms Craig of. I, yeah, yeah,
0: oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, Craig Bellamy for me, like, he was far better. I remember, we signed Henri Kamara to replace Henrik Larson. He was an absolute shambles. And yeah. Craig Bellamy came in. And I remember his game against Dundee United he ripped him apart as well. I, think, I agree. I totally agree with you, Dominic. He's a fantastic player. Wish he stayed yeah. far longer. Like,
2: yeah, Definitely. yeah, and I think that that's also why one of the many reasons I like Ange Postecoglou is that, um, you know, it's it's beyond doubt that he is a, he's an incredible tactician. That whole inverted fullbacks way of playing was just brilliant, mm-hmm. and it was the making of of Greg Taylor and Anthony Ralston. It really was. Um, obviously, in the transfer market, there has never been in my memory a manager who has brought in so many players to a team in the Scottish top flight, and so many of them have worked. I, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But more than that, he is—he's—he's he's a great man. And you say about how he always has the photographs with different back team staff, and that's what Poster Sturcog is all about. He's a thoroughly decent man, and he's a funny man. He's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I mean, he's the funniest manager <laughs> we've had since Gordon Strachan. His, uh, <laughs> like, his, the way he treats their media is just. And the thing is, that what I like about him is it's, it's deadpan as well. So he gets he gets fired into them, and he leaves them thinking is he taking the piss out of me or not? And we know, know he is, but he's got that great Aussie bluff. I mean, I, I love the guy. I would I, I would find it very difficult if I saw him like from 100 yards away, I would find it difficult not to run up and give him the biggest hug in yeah. the world. You know,
0: God love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, one of our one of our contributors, William, he always says he looks like a cuddly big giant, you know what I mean? But 100%, I, the way he gets on with the Scottish media from day one, do you remember when the interview came out? I think we lost two games in a row and, I can't remember who the reporter. I think maybe McIntyre or whoever. he was like I think that's a catastrophe, and the season's done. And he goes, "Not a catastrophe, mate. It's not over." And he goes back to the point like a couple months later. He was like, "I thought you said it was over." So he remembers yeah. all these things, and he he's so yeah. like good, good with the media. He bounces off them as well. And sometimes I think the media appreciate that in some kind of weird way instead of having the single-minded managers all the time giving the same answers. Plus, the call news does fantastic for that, and can also point as well, Donnie, like, You've got some support in the. And the the chat at the minute, Red Scotland is like, is that the Dominic Diamond? Yes, it is Red Scotland, hundred percent. Rand Kelly used to watch your show, Paul, that as well. And then, Thank you. can can Dominic keep that energy up for a full hour? Geo Patrick says, <laughs> I think he can. <laughs> I think he can. <laughs> I'm i led to, I'm led to believe you you've got a sandwich there to keep your energy up, don't
2: you? I know. <laughs> it's lunchtime and I've been out all morning. My wife brought me a sandwich just before we went live. So uh <laughs> I might stick a wee bit now and again.
0: There You far on. You, <laughs> get <that laughs> <out of laughs> you get out of there, get it on the But see see as well, you made a great point as well, Dominic, and I think it's a cracker John that as most of the signings will have come in, bar a couple have worked out fantastically well. One of them players is Matt O'Reilly, who was just awarded with a player of the month award. He's come in from MK Dons in January. In the first couple of games he was fantastic. Obviously, he tail off a bit, but he's back on the form, getting them assists and passing. He's full of energy. He's like Tom Rosick, similar way, just a younger version, as William would say. I know he's much along, so but again, one point five million Manorelli, fantastic bit of business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, like Dominic says, we've never seen a manager come in and with such a turnaround in players and them all be so successful I mean a couple maybe not getting a game scales maybe not as much McCarthy maybe not as much but everybody that generally has come in has played a very important role this season uh, and O'Reilly is, is just one of them and he's shown how good he is and the fact that I mean he's only been here a short number of months um, and you, you imagine that if he if he, what he, he could possibly do for us with a full season under his belt he's definitely going to be in that I said this earlier he, he, I mean even with how good he's been, even though he's not been here for a full season, he's mm-hmm. he's been pushing at that sort of play of the year, can kind he? Of, because he's been instrumental in a lot of the stuff we've done. And like you mentioned, that obviously he's got similarities with Rogic, but he's a lot younger. And we've discussed that we we don't like the two of them in the same team. But what it does do is it offers another option. You can rotate these guys, you can move them about, and it's fantastic. And as I said, we've got another. Window coming up, and we've had a full season under our belt, so it's like very, very exciting to see what Andrew's going to do for the for next year, and see how we're going yeah. to improve again further still.
2: I think, I think well, you to add they're... to what John oh. said there, I think what's interesting is the two boys that you mentioned who haven't been getting the regular game, Scales and McCarthy, they're mm-hmm. arguably the only ones that people had heard about with the exception of Joe Hart. You know, that's the other mm-hmm. great thing about, about um, Ange. He's brought in players that we didn't read, we didn't know anything about. And for them to be so good, you know, we're more used to a Celtic with, you know, and I, I hate to even mention his name because... There's a tweet that was bookmarked by every single fan of the other club after Shane Duffy's first game for Celtic, where I said, The final piece of the jigsaw that will get us the 10. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, like, no. we're, we're, we're so used to having players, you know, that, that disappoint to actually get his players that we didn't even know. And and we know that people had pelters with them, and, you know, oh, no one above, no one below this height's going to make it in the Scottish League. And all these guys that everybody laughed at as being unknowns so have all been brilliant. And it's only really... I mean, Scales was obviously linked with Celtic for about 50 years before, I, before he yeah. came. But, you know, him and McCarthy are the ones... I, I think Scales is a good player. I think there's an argument to say that we should have had him on the subs bench to fill that left-back berth when Absolutely. we've been found wanting, you know, a, a couple of times recently. And McCarthy is just, you know... I don't know. McCarthy it might just have been that thing. We've just got him a year too late. You know,
0: McCarthy... It's a strange signing for me—a four-year deal at 31, injury-prone, yeah. played about two games in four years for Everton. whoever he was at. It's a bit of a, a, w- a weird signing. But just looking back at you there, I mean, speaking about Malarell before, there's a more pressing issue in the chat here. I hope you answer this question. I'm like, what's on the sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, to, I've,
2: got, I've got to be very quiet because um, two two of my daughters are uh, are vegans, and so I'm not allowed to have meat in the house. But uh, there's a, there's a cheeky little packet of roast beef right at the back corner of the fridge. <laughs> So I've got um I've got my wife's got me roast beef and cheddar and um and some cucumber yeah and a little some kind of lubricant um I think it looks like mayonnaise I hope it's mayonnaise um so yes yeah, so it's, it's a good it's a good question um and, and uh, to the guy who asked that because that's exactly the kind of thing I'd be thinking as well is what well, what is in the sandwich you know it's so good but, um...
0: but we're we're speaking about sentences there obviously the sandwiches came up there but. Red Scott makes a great point, and I don't know if you've across this. Dominic, like the new uh, chief of recruitment, head of recruitment has been appointed. Mark Law, he's coming in to work with Postecoglou. He's worked with him before, previous clubs. We had quite an in-depth discussion on our previous podcast. But in terms of obviously, you speak about Man O'Reilly, you see 1.5 million, a fantastic signing. Kyogo coming in from Japan, Hatate, all the rest. So you can round them off here for days. But you look ahead to the summer, it looks like Celtic are put putting the building blocks in place on A bit, bit more forward planning instead of reactive. And they're just making signings, as you said, like Duffy, for the sake of it.
2: Yeah, no, I know. And it's, and it's good to, to see them making moves with, with Jot and, and CCV already, um, because that, you know, that would be better. I would rather both those bits of business done than any player I can think of that we need that's been linked with the mm-hmm. club. I would think if we get those two in, especially Cameron Carter-Vickers, because um, I, I was trying to think, actually, when I was rushing back down here in the car, what was the last time that I liked a centre-back at Celtic as much as Cameron Carter-Vickers? It was probably Boyata it was the last kind of one I can think of that I felt. You know what I mean? This this guy's a genuine talent. I mean, CCB, completely different type of player because he is just like, he's a he's a wall. You just can't yeah. get past him at all. And, um, and he's got that knack that Christopher Julian had, if we're ever going to see him again, that he can score a goal. As well, CCB. So he would be the number one, single most important bit of business for Celtic. Yota yeah, yeah. um, would be great. Um, Obviously, insanely skilled guy. Some of the some of the balls that he takes and kills with one touch, oh, it's, yeah, I, I, I just defy. I mean, Rogic is the only other player in the team who can kill a ball like that. I should not to be fair. Matt Riley can as well, but Yota had that little dip. But what I liked, though, was just as the snipers were getting on his back, he came in and the performance last weekend was absolutely fantastic. Really, really,
0: really he did. You're, you're 100% right The point that the fact he did go off the void, but I think he make a great point. And he came back with a bang. I think it was three assists and one goal in, in four yeah. games. And it's just fantastic, isn't it? And, I mean, again... William comes in here about your sandwich again. Classic roast <laughs> beef and cheddar go together like kalmak and a This is—we're here to talk about sandwich, not damn like sandwiches. Oh, <laughs> but we'll move on from from the monthly awards and we'll, we'll look ahead John, to what could be potentially wrapping up the league title paradise tomorrow. Twelve o'clock kickoff, isn't it? Isn't it twelve? Aye.
2: Uh, something uh, like that. No, yes, I believe five, so. 5 a.m. over uh, here. Let me check. Yeah, 5 oh, a.m.,
0: that's some we... grafting. You're getting oh, up the what's out of 5 a.m.? Horrible. yeah.
2: Let me just check.
0: Um, uh, it is yeah, 12 5 yeah. a.m. 5 yeah. a.m., yes. Oh. Yeah. I, but we look at that game and you look back at the season like we always do, and we didn't think we'd be here, but we're ready to wrap up the title. I think it's going to be a cracking game tomorrow. Robbie Nielsen's done a good job. Obviously, they're guaranteed European football group stage, which is good for Scottish football and the, like, the co-fixing and stuff. But getting into this game potentially wrapping up the league title, it's just, it's Dominic said first, come on, it's been a fantastic week for the football
1: club. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd like to listen, we, we've known now for a number of weeks that it, this was, the, the league was, I think most people would be in agreement that the league was ours. Uh, obviously, the, the game last weekend, if they had maybe won that, that kind of puts a wee bit more pressure on us, but I think ultimately we still believe that we'd, enough about us to see the rest of the games out and win the league but the fact that we got the draw we didn't drop any points and everything remained the same going into this game Now I think that the, the team know what this means because if we wrap this up then I think Rangers have got two games to make up 20 odd goals and um, mm. and we need to lose the next two which I can't see happening either so I, I think this is pretty much just wrapping everything up, putting a bow on it uh, and I'm confident it'll be a tough game but I'm confident we're going to win it yeah. yeah, I, th- I, I think mean, for
2: that, that goal difference, it depends because they've still got to play hearts, so it depends how many goals that hearts let them get. <laughs> you know, I can see hearts going, letting them get up to 18, 19, you know what I mean, just for the wind
0: up. <laughs> but as you said, when you first come out I'm like, it's it's been a fantastic week, both as a, as a football club. You got to sell your car, you're sitting with a sandwich, we're talking about selling it's fantastic. We're looking ahead tomorrow. Do you think it's just party mode until now, until the end of the season?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, after the game last weekend. And I have and I, I have to say that, I mean, Matt O'Reilly has been absolutely brilliant and he deserves all the accolades, but Joe Hart, I know we love him, but he's not picked up one single award or nomination at all, yeah. I don't think, this yeah. year. And I think that last, uh, last weekend just showed how important he was, that save, that one-handed save, at a time when they were battering us. And... Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying, I, mean, it was a, I was sitting over here, and I think because it was like 5 a.m. kickoff and I was a bit sleep-deprived and hungover, but I was giggling like a madman at every chance that they messed up in the last 20 minutes because I remember being on the other side of that so many times and I thought, they'll be absolutely raging. I mean, it doesn't take a lot yeah. to make them rage, does it, you know? Um, <laughs> nah. just, you know, get, get a number wrong. And then, uh, and, <laughs> but, I, but I just thought that they must... Ah, they must Joe Hart's almost like become, you know, what like McGregor is to us in terms of saves already. Mm -hmm. And I think what I love about Joe Hart as well, that he has got the club and he has got the fans from day one. He has so many mm-hmm. lovely wee, uh, posts on social uh, networking and everything. You can just tell he gets the club and he loves it. And this is a guy as well. This is the kind of older player that you want to sign for your club is a guy who's got a point to prove, a guy who was treated appallingly at his previous club, a guy who's been told, no, you're done, you're over. And he gets a chance to come to the biggest club in the world and win a league title. And I think no one deserves that more than Joe Hart,
0: that's brilliant He's fantastic and I think Brown Warrior comes in with a great point here Dominic, they put the anger in Rangers <laughs>
2: <laughs> You missed the answer But see the
0: <laughs> <laughs> but see, to come back, see, we had a wee podcast about the player of the year awards and stuff and it'll be interesting to hear your point there because you mentioned Joe Hart I think it's a fantastic shout as well Was there anything you would change from that? I mean Cal McGregor got player of the year, a got young player of the year yeah. Any shouts from yourself? Who do you think should be up there?
2: Well, uh, people who uh, follow me on Twitter will know that I have an absolute ridiculous love and obsession with the God that is Anthony Ralston. And um, so for me, he gets man of the match for games that he doesn't even play in. I think he's just <laughs> an... He's like an almost mythical figure hewn from rock. I think... So, So I, and I, but I think, joking aside, I think if Ralston had carried on getting the games that he had at the start of the season, I, I think I tweeted right at the beginning, like about the after the first eight games, Ralston's going to get player of the year in Scotland, but then Juranovic came in and, and Juranovic yeah. obviously is incredible yeah. on that right-hand side. I, I, I wish that Ralston, you know, had learned to play left-back or even... I, I have this thought... That I think Ralston could even be a defensive mid kind of player. Um, but uh, but like realistically, Kyogo, if he had been fit, I think would have walked away with it as well. But Kalmak has, has got it because A, he's been there, he's not been injured, he's not taken any breaks, and the way he has captained that side uh, has yeah. been absolutely incredible and defied what I thought he would be like because he always seemed like one of the quieter members of the team. And for you know, you couldn't you couldn't get two more different personalities than him and Bruni, but, He's just flourished. He's blossomed, and I notice in his um his post-match interviews, he like uses ten times better words now. And he does. and he looks away less. You know that that footballer thing they do where they look at the side of the camera or look down, right? <laughs> Cal might looks right into the camera sometimes now. He breaks the fourth wall, so I think he has he has absolutely uh, uh, bloomed as, as a captain and as a figure uh, and as a player. He's just I I mean I I can't think. I can't think of a match I've watched and I've thought, Cal Max playing Pish. I can't, I can't nah.
0: think of one. He's, a, he's fantastic. Just Mr. Consistent. 8-9 yeah. out of 10 every week. He captains yeah. the team. He, he he loves the team. And what I loved as well, when we got beaten in the semi-final, Dominic, he brought the team together Absolutely. at the end of that match and he, he yeah. talked to them, told them to get through it and they bounced back and we're winning the League 9. We'll have the double in the bag. But a quick fire one to is both. I'll start with yourself, John, first. Does Chris Boyd win Fanny of the Year?
1: Funny the decade, I think.
0: <laughs> you sacking that one, Dominic?
2: Listen, I think that um you know. I was just really pleased that you remember Jim Henson, right? That before he died, he had all the leftover bits of the Muppets, and he made one last one. Uh, called Chris Boyd and I think that was a great gift um, <laughs> of him I think that, that years from now people will look back and we'll try and describe Chris Boyd and people will think we're making him up they'll be like no there can't be this. can't be someone who's so stupid who's allowed to actually talk for a career and be stupid and actually I think that in some ways um that that I think every home should have a Chris Boyd. We obviously shouldn't be broadcasting, but every home should have a Chris Boyd sitting in the corner so that when we go through <laughs> our rooms, like we have done with COVID and global supply chain issues and rising food prices, you've got a wee Chris Boyd in the corner. You can just say, "Hi, Boydie, say something stupid to make us laugh. And then it's like, oh, and everybody's got the wee portable Chris Boyd in the corner. But he's uh, he just, you know, <coughs> he's absolutely off the scale. Stupid,
0: ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy. I love the wee um Twitter going around now. When he remember when Ramsey signed for Rangers, he was giving it the shay given on the side. And i um, Ramsey's getting tossed to the side and after costing him millions and millions of pounds. But just want to say the the interaction in the chat again is fantastic. Alistair Jack and DS1 said, uh, Chris Boyd cuts the sandwiches into four. There's another one, another sandwich plug for yourself, Dominic. This is oh this man, is, is mental. <laughs> David. Bur- <laughs> David Ferguson, fantastic point. Cal Mack's shite bag, shite, the earned the Player of the Year on its oh, own. Yeah. Well, Unbelievable. <laughs> and I just want to say, uh, even the Magranda Lawrence Tomlinson, who's always watched along as always, fantastic to have you watching as well. But we'll, we'll move on. Actually, John... I, I
2: just say, actually, because that reminds me, the only other person that could have matched Cal Mac, really, for Celtic Player of the Year was Barisic, actually. So he's got to feel a little bit unlucky that he didn't win the Celtic Player of the Year because he should have scored <laughs> hard, didn't he?
0: I mean, Jan had done the same thing to him that Abad had done. they like, how can that happen twice. So, I mean, that's it's insane. And they're in the Europa League set, uh, final, but the no, less said about that, the better. But look, John, we'll, we'll move on to what the actual what the league win brings, and that's the Champions League, the group stage, right? And yep. we're talking about realistic games for European football, and it's a hot topic now among supporters, especially we kind of ignore it after what happened yesterday evening. Our main rivals have won in the Europa League final, fair enough, but. What does that mean for Celtic going forward? I know James P did an article today saying we can't uh, base on the Celtic blog, another shout out to them, we can't base what they do and compare it to, with us because that's kind of leading into all sorts of loopholes, blah, blah, blah. But where do you stand on it? Well, on comparing us to them? No, but do we need to be doing better in European competition?
1: Of course we do. I mean, it's it, for me, winning the league, first and foremost, should be priority number one. Getting into Europe is obviously fantastic and making a name for yourself in Europe and getting results in Europe is great, but we should ultimately be looking f- at the league title first and foremost. Um, for me, though, it's like when you see the success Rangers have had this year, there's a lot of chat about their the past maybe being a wee bit easier, the conference, the Europa Conference League is gets just, just as good, if no better teams at the minute, uh, and it it's... I mean, I'm trying not to pay too much attention to them and what they're doing, but I mean, it does show you though that the level is the game in Scotland is better than most people make it. And no credit to them, it's like they've obviously done what they needed to do to get to where they are. Um, but it, it it does sort of show that I Celtic need to show because we, we we've had the better of them for the majority of the season, and it shows that if they can do it, why can't we? So I think that us making a name for ourselves in Europe. Eh, it's, it should be something we should be looking to do Again, it shouldn't be a yeah. priority But we should strengthen in in areas To make us at least compete to a level uh, And, and I, I I think that this Ange is the man to do it as well If we're going to have a result just in Europe Because we've not had it for a wee while now Ange certainly the guy who's going to do it If you look back earlier in this season When we were in the Europa League We were still, we, we got beat right But we still finished the group stages with more points than Rangers We had a tougher group we were playing against tougher teams, and you, even though that was the case, we, we did get beat in a few of the games. We didn't qualify ultimately, but we still had a respectable points haul. We still gave these teams a game, regardless of what the scoreline was. They knew, or watching us knew, it, 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 we're not going to sit back like we used to in Europe against some of these teams, like under uh, a Lennon or, or a Strachan. And you saw us kind of sit back and show them a wee bit too much respect, I think. But Ange just is like, well, why should we shouldn't fear anybody? And I think that now that we've had a season under our belt, if, if you were to put us in the, the that same group now, I think that we would qualify, that would be entirely different. And I think we'd be in a much better space. So, knowing we're going into this uh, next season with a full season under our belt, another window for us to strengthen in certain areas that we need to strengthen in, because I still think there's a couple of positions that we could do with that. Um, I've full confidence that he's going to have us competing against some of the best teams in Europe. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I wasn't mean comparing, Dominic. I was just looking at the situation that they find themselves in compared to us. We're the best league in, in the league. We're winning the league. That always points to it. We're consistent throughout the season. The best team. The table doesn't lie. I think when the Tim here brings up a cracking point, Dominic, I worry our attacking style might not may not hold up well in the Champions League, especially if the team isn't improved in certain areas, which John alluded to. Where's your thinking on the whole European scale for Celtic? Do
2: you know what the th- I'm, i, I I don't want people to think I'm just saying this because of certain clubs being in European finals. But honestly, these days and for many years, I couldn't give two shits about Europe. I don't care about European football for Celtic at all. And I think that's me being selfish because I'm over here in Canada, so I don't get to the games. Um, (laughs) You know, if if you'd asked me during Martin O'Neill's era when I was was going off to Barcelona and Milan and Seville and that with a wife, it'd be different. But... I can't even see them on Celtic TV, the European games. So the league has been just all conquering, obviously, as we were trying to get the 10. But even now, I think the league was more important this season because we wanted to show that last season was an aberration. You know, whether Mm -hmm. you want to call it the COVID championship, the behind closed doors or what? I mean, it was just, (laughs) it was such an aberration for that same team of players to lose a league by 25 points it's just it's mad it just it wouldn't be believable if it was a Marvel movie plot so I think it was important to show that was a fluke that was an aberration so the league was all important this year I think that Ange Ange didn't even have half the team that he wanted for Mm -hmm. our, our European campaign this year And you saw how much the team improved after that winter transfer window that it's going to be even if we didn't buy another single player it'll be a different story next year but we're not we're not gonna win a European trophy. Right, we're not going to win a European trophy. I would rather win the league, same as John says. That's going to be the absolute, I would say, league's number one priority, and a treble is far more important than any European trophy. We're not going to win the Champions League. We've been to the final of the UEFA Cup, you League. call it what you like. We've been there, we've done that, and we didn't smash the place up. So let's see what happens, you know, in a few weeks' time. Um, so uh, so yeah, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not that bothered about Europe, I'm, I'm honestly not.
0: You know, I think, though, I, I do get what you're saying, right? But for me, it's it's a, it's a like a burning kind of thing for me. I look at certain clubs, right? They're doing well. of the budget we're on. They can kind of qualify for tournaments, get far on it. And it's not even that for me, Dominic. It's what it can bring, the exposure, more money, which Celtic need. Obviously, being in a lesser league, we need money to compete for transfers and things. You cannot see that angle of it. If you're coming across, you need to attract better players. Because, let's put it, it like you're not going to get a, a player just to come to play Scottish football. They're wanting to play Euro- on a European level
2: no that, that that you know that's a, that's a good point but i think the reason that i think the reason we see clubs with smaller budgets do better in europe is that none of us can really know what it's like to play at celtic park on a european night we know for the fans it's amazing you know even before the disco lights the sound and everything like that but maybe it's absolutely kick your pants terrifying as a player maybe the reason that smaller clubs with smaller budgets do better in europe is that the players don't feel this kind of horrific pressure that celtic do with the legacy of, of uh, the lisbon lions and everything and everything like that because it doesn't it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense why you know Why we haven't done better, but it doesn't, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. We've still got, even if we went on transfer wise and brought in the like, brought in your Joe Harts, your players that are deemed to be, you know, too old for other Mm -hmm. leagues, more than capable of Scotland. And we should have the best conveyor belt of young talent. And we do have the best conveyor belt of young talent in Scotland. No one can match it. The problem is, is that we let them go off to Europe in the last couple of years. Um, but surely if. We shouldn't need a massive amount of transfer spend to win the Scottish League because we've we've got the youth market completely cornered and we can get the likes of Joe Hart. So I'm not sure that we're needing to get, you know, a £15 million, £20 million player, even a £10 million player in these days. I don't think we do.
0: No, a hundred percent of what you're saying. I mean, for the SPFL, you're you're right. You're not needing a whole lot to break the bank and go out and buy all these quality players to win it. I'm just coming to, across the point, John, that if we was seen Paul the who said it then, is a thing with Sky saying uh, players are going to be attracted more to Celtic. We're going to be in the Champions League group stages. We've got that bounty. Dominic makes some great points. I mean, for me, I I do care deeply about European football. And I get what you mean, You're from a selfish point of view because you can't attend the games. But what what what, what do you think? What's your overriding thought on that? Because I think he brings up some good points.
1: No, I mean, it's certainly a valid point. I mean, and listen, look, you look at the old Core rangers right? They essentially killed themselves pushing to make a name for themselves in Europe. And that's certainly something you don't want this club to do. We don't want to put ourselves in that position or make it difficult and spend needless amounts of money on players to try and do something that, we, when you're being realistic... I mean, would it be fantastic to get far in the European competition and to win another trophy like a Europa League or a Conference League? Champions League might be a bit of a push, but, I mean, of course it would. But, it's. I mean, when you think about it, when you're being realistic with the level that we're at and the finances that we're dealing with, then partaking in those competitions uh, is fantastic. And they, they sort of ignites in Europe. As you relate to Dominic, maybe you can't attend them, but even you, you, they're still fantastic nights for the fans, and we all like to see the big names come to Celtic Park, and you're seeing mm-hmm. you're playing against you like see your Barcelona's and your AC Milan's, and that which we've done many times in the past. But it, it, it certainly, I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't be making it in any way, shape, or form a priority. Absolutely not. It should, be, like you said, domestic competition should be bread and butter, number one, and we should be focusing on that first and foremost. And anything that happens out with that in Europe is. A bonus. And I but definitely he, don't want to see us spending absolutely needless amounts of money on bringing players in.
2: I get I get your point, John. It, it's amazing, you know, to, always to see, you know, legends of, of European football play at Celtic Park. But we're never, ever going to talk Ralston versus Neymar you're never going to talk oh, that no. you're never going to talk like one of, one of our guys in like what is second or third ever game like bamming up one of the highest paid players in the world when we're getting humped like that's classic that's just like brilliant
0: <laughs> I think it was what 7-1 or something he's sitting yeah. giving it, the, the, yeah. it stacks to Neymar but
2: that, that's he, when I fell in love with Ralston that's when I'm like you're my yeah. kind of player that's brilliant
0: he is he is a warrior like he, he is built like a machine but he McIntosh, Stanley comes in with a great point. I'd be interested to hear what you say with us. Love seeing good European Europeanists uh, at Celtic Park. Obviously, work dictates the schedule I can go to. I've witnessed some memorable nights on their flood nights. What's been some of your memorable games on a European level?
2: Um, Well, I am going to uh, going to Barcelona uh, to see us uh, play when John Hartson uh, scored. And the ironic thing about that was it's, it's, a, it's a great wee story for that night. Um, so the guy that introduced me to Celtic and got me fired up for the club, Romano Petrucci, I, I hadn't seen him for many years because I was living down in London and I was just like doing TV and partying and doing crazy stuff. And so I hadn't seen him for years and years. And then my wife and I, I got my wife interested in uh, in, in Celtic and she started coming to the European nights. Stuttgart was the first, the first game she went. I think it was three, was it Stuttgart, three one? Anyway, but... Um, uh, but it was funny because she she went to the she liked the European nights for the whole thing. She never went to an away game at Clyde or Kermarnik or that she wasn't you know she wasn't interested in that stuff. But um, <laughs> so we so we went to Barcelona the two of us and uh, and we had a great day on the Ramblers with all the Celtic fans and and we got we got walked up got outside the ground and I looked in my pocket. And, uh, and I've lost the tickets. I haven't got them. Oh, moment. no, I've left no. them. I've left them back in the hotel. So I said to my wife, it's about five minutes to kick Wait there. And I sprint down. And, and no word of a lie, there's a priest on the corner of a street and he's holding up two tickets. And I'm like... Are you kidding? And he turns out and he's like, "Oh, Dominic, where you off? In such a rush? You're going the wrong way." I said, "I've lost my tickets." And he's like, "Oh, listen, I've got, I've got a couple here." And I'm like, "Oh, that's amazingly kind of you." He says, "Kind." He says, "I'm asking face price." I'm like, "Yeah." Anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) But the two tickets off this priest went into the ground, and I'm sitting there, and uh, I. uh, I was bursting for a pee because I couldn't. I was so late I couldn't go for a pee, and I missed the John Harrison goal because I went oh, for a pee, and it's the only time I've ever gone for a pee during an actual match. And I come back, and I get a tap on the shoulder, and it's a guy saying. Oh my god, this is even worse than you were on helicopter Sunday. And he saw me running in the night, then. And apparently, and it was this guy, Romano Petrucci, who I hadn't seen for about 20 years. And he was ended up sitting behind me because I lost tickets. I got them off a priest. And this was the guy that started it all <laughs> for me. So, uh, so yeah, that in terms of European nights, yeah, that Barcelona away was absolutely fantastic.
0: I loved that. That's a, that's a weird kind of fate, isn't it? Bumping into him, or like, <laughs> <But> <laughs> Off a priest. That's, it,
2: that's, that's Celtic though, isn't it? That's the, that's the kind yeah. of club Celtic is. There's always people... The, myth, the mythical. Crazy. It is. People got crazy stories about Celtic all the time like that. It's a magical 100%,
0: club. 100%. 100%. It's just unbelievable. I mean, I haven't been privileged enough to go to an away European game. of being the Old Trafford when Celtic's been playing United and stuff. I've been to the games, game, seen Neckermere free-kick and nothing. And they're all fantastic. The atmosphere of at Celtic park on a European night cannot be matched. But when well, we kind of move on from ambition, John, we'll go on to the transfers and... Alain Postacoglu said that he's basically confirmed that Jada and CZV are in talks for permanent contracts. I know we've covered it extensively on the podcast, but if we get them tied up, and you you did allude to some areas need strengthened, what's the most importance to yourself to be strengthened straight away?
1: Left back. And again, I know a couple of the guys love Taylor, right? And I get this. I get pilters for this all the time. I'm not saying he's a bad player. And I mean, and he's shown, especially in recent weeks, that he's up for it, and he, he's 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 definitely improving. You can see he's improving, uh, but I think that in terms of when you look at the strength we've got, the, or the 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 players we've got up front, uh, the player the midfield is absolutely packed full of quality. Um, mm-hmm. If if you've got i uh, you looking at all areas of the park, the left back is probably the weakest. Uh, so that for me, uh, it would be a, a, an experienced left back uh, would should be a priority. Uh, maybe another backup keeper. I and mean, that's need a chain, yeah. but a wee bit more competition for Hart, um, and I maybe another striker. Aye, but aye, I I think that I don't think there's much we need to do. There's just a couple of positions you could maybe strengthen in. But yeah, a priority for me would be left back.
0: Yeah, and Martin Kay kind of backs up your point here, left back and goalkeeper. And you, you see this, Dominic, through a lot of the Celtic support. Not really pigeonholing Greg Taylor, right? He's become kind of a a cult hero figure in our podcast. A lot of people are for him. I'm kind of 50 50 Johns against the him Gregory they'll be laughed at that one, but like you, you, you look at it, he has been consistent fair enough. He played fantastically well in the the Glasgow Derby games he was he was brilliant full of energy, marking, coming back when he needed, needed to the further food back role, as you said, kind of he's coming into that kind of form. but where do you stand in this whole Greg Taylor and strengthening other areas of the squad? What would be your priorities now
2: i I love Greg Taylor. And I remember that one uh, of the, the weird things about Celtic Twitter and the connections that you make is that uh, I, I, I've ended up like having a wee bit of a Twitter message relationship with Simon Donnelly. And uh, who's a cracking guy and because he loves his music as well. So we swapped the odd message. And, and when we signed Greg Taylor, I remember, and, and he said, because he's obviously close with Jackie Mack. And he's yeah. like, no, no, he said, Jackie Mack says, this this guy is absolutely phenomenal. He's got everything. He's got absolutely everything. So I've always kind of wanted him to do well. And I think that it's it's not too dissimilar to to Ralston. He's just like a kind of smaller, uh, less kind of crazy uh, version of him. And that he's, <laughs> and, you know, I, I I don't mean this as as a, as an insult, but you know, good honest journeyman footballers are the backbone of teams, especially in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a, what Gordon Strachan we got a right good honest player. That's that kind of yeah. Strachan thing. And um, his attitude is brilliant. He obviously works hard. He's never. Um, He's not, he's not huffy. He's never huffy whenever he's been taken out of the team. He's, he's one of those players I really, really want to do well. But you're right, but we do need a backup for him. Um, but who was, and I just had a bit of a brain fart, who was the young guy that we played at left back earlier on this season? And he's now... Montgomery.
0: Gone.
2: Mon- see, Adam Montgomery. This is, See, this is another great example. So h- how good could Montgomery have been? Because he was another kid. I thought his attitude was brilliant. He'd come on for eight minutes... And he'd run about five kilometers in that in those eight minutes. How yeah. good could he have been? How good could a Ben Doak have been for us? You know, this is that's the thing you gotta think about when you're talking about, you know, spending a lot of money for 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 Jota. It's like I know Dope was on the other side, but if we're letting kids like that go who could turn out, you know, to be to be great, that's um that that's that sticks with me a little bit in Yeah.
0: But see, see to balance, I want to come back to you because me and John have this argument all the time. I think it's very one of the rare occasions where me and John agree. <laughs> Don't we? We, we? we always disagree on this kind of thing. But the Celtic Youth Academy do produce cracking players, right? You look at Ben Doak, Lee, Leo Hield has already made a first-team appearance for Leeds. Um, Hepburn and Morrison have left, and they've went to Baron Munich overseas. Yeah. Do you think that's an issue? Because there is a lot of people saying that there is a pathway. I've had ex-players on who, who say there is a pathway every good enough. Are these players just not good enough, or is it just the players fed up not getting the chances and then they just want to leave? I know they're only 16-17, but sometimes you have to have a bit of balls about yourself in this game, and if you're going to make it, you have to make these decisions.
2: Well... I have to say that as as a father of a seventeen year old boy, I know that seventeen year old boys can be the biggest arseholes on the planet. And my son's a lovely kid. He's great. He's funny. He's smart. But oh my god, when he takes a mood, he takes a mood, and that's what we have to remember about these guys. And I think there's two types. I think that um, Hjelda apparently was a little bit of a Billy Big Balls, who was like, no, I should be playing more. But, you know, they which was you know apparently what what we kind Moko was like. You know, walking yeah. in the Lennon's office saying you know I I should be playing more he had a point to be honest so I think that there's a there's a definite split that there's that 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 and it's it's difficult because you can't go from the age of eight with these kids being told that you're brilliant without getting a bit of an attitude and without being arrogant and you need that arrogance to be a yep. good player on the pitch when you come in younger. Yep. Like, Mikey Johnson's a great example. You can tell the difference with him now is that I think the injuries and the fact that a lot of Sally Park have got on his back with taking the wrong options at times. But when he first came through, he thought he was the dog's bollocks. And that's why he was a good player, because he had that arrogance. But it's such a fine line, isn't it, between yep. being too arrogant. And this is where I think <laughs> that a player who's a better um, a better man manager of people uh, like Ange's compared to Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon obviously does not handle players well. That's just that's just a fact, no. right? Um, but Ange does. Ange is their dad, so I can see how he you know he'd be better. But I'm still. I'm, I'm kind of mystified as to why we lost ben dope because he was getting his chances and then obviously something happened because then all of a sudden he wasn't and then he went off to, to to liverpool so something is still happening there with these kids and it might just be that that they've got too too puffed up with themselves they've got too arrogant and, and also agents as well you can't you know oh why we don't, yes, we don't yeah. know what's going on with them and all they're interested in is is pounds and shillings you know
0: yeah, I think yeah. like I think family uh, makes a great point. on we always advocate for the youth, but we really do. And most of my uh, pl- players who've come on here excel the Youth Academy players who didn't quite make the grade, but they tell you about the ins and outs and what it was like, what the mentality was like. And it's it's hard to say, like Ben Dope was getting his chance, John Carmel belly I know he was injured, but he's come back now. I've not really seen much of him. Is it still a concern for yourself that we're losing these youth players?
1: Yeah, I've touched on this a million times, um, and I've, I've repeatedly stated that. I think that there's certain youth players who should be getting more of a chance, especially um, getting them maybe opportunities and like other... Uh, I mean, it's difficult to sort of say because you want to win as much games as you possibly can and taking players out of rotation to play guys who might not fit into the team or whatever could potentially be at risk of you losing games. so. But I mean, like, like you said, guys like Karamoko, he definitely shown, he's proven that he's a talent. He's somebody I've advocated for. He should be somebody that's uh, on the bench regularly. should be somebody that's definitely playing. I know we've got... You've got Jota and Abada, and you've got Maeda at the minute, who he's sort of your forest as well. All these kind of players that can play either side, and he's maybe more versatile than Karamoka is. But Karamoka, I don't think he's really had a proper chance to prove what he's capable of. Uh, but with that being said, um, I, I still think losing him would be. A big issue because he, he certainly looks to be somebody who has all the talent in the world, and if I'm pretty sure if he's given the run in the right team, which should be us and that, it could be us, then he, he'll prove that. Um, i, I I'd
2: be in, sorry. I'd, just, I'd be interested to see if we do wrap up against Hearts. What Ange will do with those last couple of dead games because that was what was so disappointing at the end of last season when John Kennedy was in charge and the league was Aww. done. And we were still playing the same team that lost the league and we yep. had all these young guys on the bench. And that was absolutely, that was just, what are you doing? And especially Kennedy, this is your audition to be manager. I may mean, have yep. a gamble. Do you know what I mean? Try Absolutely. something. Be imaginative. And I look now. Uh, um, you know, you you look at the youth team and uh, Adam Moffat. What? A pete- that guy's banging them in for fun. Rocco Vata, Brooks. You know, yes. Teams. I would yep. love to see them get a chance. And and forget the stuff. Or oh, we'll have them on the bench for the last half hour. If we've won the league, get them on from the start. Get them. Get ninety uh-huh. minutes in them to see how they do. You know.
0: Rocco father's causing big waves over in Ireland, like where, where I'm from. He's, he's scoring goals for the Republic team, left, right and centre. He's banging them in for the B team. I think he's only 16. He's went up a couple of age levels to, to play for the B team. And albeit Tommy McIntyre seems like a look of him, he's been involved in first-team training. And Brown Warrior come in here. Dominic, and bring this back to yourself. I think it's just in regards to, you said Neil Lennon couldn't manage the, the players. That was very evident towards the end of his tenure. Brown Warrior says Neil Lennon is the man who over 5 out of the nine. And last sixteen, the Champions League. Hope as never as much. Yeah. What, what what's your kind of response to that? Because it's not really criticising Neil as a person. It's just the end of his tenure for me. Yeah, it was gone. It was totally done, yeah. and it, it kind of left a bad taste in some mouths, didn't it?
2: I think that um, obviously I, I don't know Neil personally, but I think that he was a different person at the end of his tenure um, than he was at the beginning. And I he he was he was my favourite player. Um, apart from Henrik, of that that era. He was the guy whose name I had on my shirts. Every single season was always Lennon. Uh, and I, I, I loved him a bit. Uh, I, I almost met him in a, a pizza place in Glasgow. And I was too nervous to go up and talk to him. But I loved him because he was the only person that at the time that the uh, old co-fans hated more than me. So I liked <laughs> Every time I saw him, I'd be like, oh, great, you'll get battered before me. So that's brilliant. But um, <laughs> I... I... I think Neil I think Neil had a tough time as a as a human and as a man and there was that horrible video that got posted of him uh, know, he had a few yeah. days and everything and uh, but I I I think I look at video as someone who's in, you know, who's who's been an addict. I'm not saying they was an addict, but as someone who's got a family that's, you know, struggled with with, you know, drink and everything like that. There was things I saw and behavior, and I thought, you know what? I think something has changed them as a, a as a human being, and whether it was the the pressure or just finally after just the unrelenting sick waves of hate that man, I mean, getting bullets sent to him and everything that eventually <laughs> it takes its toll. You know, I, listen, I I, I started drinking and, 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 and doing drugs in the 90s because I couldn't cope with the fame that I had been recognised for Games Master. I can't even imagine the kind of pressure that you're under as a Celtic manager to face that hate in Glasgow every single day. But I just felt there was just something about Neil. His attitude in press conferences, there was a difference he shut yep. down he there was something that was and I, and I felt like saying to him neil seriously go and see a therapist or some go and see someone and and, and I think that there was there was something there and I think it'll you know maybe it'll come out one day but I don't I don't think he was well I don't think he was doing great and I think that's no. what it is so it's not that I it's not that I am um, denigrate at all his achievements for Celtic as a player or a manager and I'm None of incredibly mistake. grateful uh, for them but it doesn't hide the fact that that last season was a catastrophic breakdown
0: yeah. I think as well. We we all second this. We we all second the this. No Celtic manager has ever been through the stuff stuffy yeah. and we all agree. We all agree with that, Brian More. Fantastic manager he was in this time, just unfortunately the last bit. And just a, a quick one here for you, Damn. Again, Jed wants to know you go to the Celtic convention in Vegas.
2: No, uh no, I'm not going to the Celtic Convention in Vegas. Um I uh, I, uh, I I tend to get into trouble when I go to Vegas because it's not <laughs> far. It's a, it's only about like an hour and a half. Uh, from where I'm in Calgary, and we did this. Um, we did this radio uh, contest when I worked for Jack FM in Calgary called 24 Hours in Vegas, and uh, there it was we had a whole load of winners. You basically we should have known it was not going to work out well because to, to win the contest every week, I would say I want your best stories about something you did to screw with your neighbour or funny story about stealing something or funny stories about setting stuff on fire right so this it was all about we're going to go there 24 hours and we didn't get hotels it was like we're going to be up for 24 hours and then back and then we um uh, we all nearly got banned from uh, WestJet who fly there because, as you would expect, after twenty-four hours, there's people listeners going on to the plane, like with half-open bottles of vodka that they're drinking from. One guy, like, sparked up a cigarette, and I'm supposed to be nominally in charge of these guys, and um, and they're all kind of on the plane, surrounded by good, decent people. So, um, so yeah, I have a I have a slight I have a slight problem with Vegas that I can't really uh, I can't behave myself. And there's a really boring answer as well. Is that um there's 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 a chance we might be moving back. Um, uh, back to the UK in a, in a couple of months as well, so it's all a bit um it's all a bit chaotic with us just now.
0: <laughs> See, that's a good thing. Jed asked you a simple question, you explained it. I'm brilliant, <laughs> Dominic. <Dunlake. laughs> <laughs> but we'll move on to the the horse game. We always do this. Dominic, the kind of score and lineup predictions. I'll start with yourself, John. This is going to be hopefully when we wrap it up. What do you go with? Line up in your score.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it, you have to go heart and goal. Like you said, we always say the back four picks itself as well. Uh, I don't know the situation with Juranovic. I'm assuming he's probably still injured. So I'm going to say Ralson, uh, CCV, Starfelt, Taylor. Um, then, again... Do I, I, you know what? I, I wouldn't surprise me if we maybe gave some guys a rest? Um, But I think that we'll probably go with the strongest team we've got. So um, I'll say... Kalmac, I'll say Rogic, I'll say Hatati, and then I'll go Maida, Jacko Marcus, and Jota.
0: And your score? Three nothing. Three nothing. Nice one. What about yourself, Domnik? Like, what do you go, Ma?
2: Uh, okay, back four, uh, exactly the same. Uh midfield, I, th- I- Hatati's weird because he Hatati's obviously knackered. Hatati yeah, needs a rest but he's kept kept on bringing him in and that's the one thing that you obviously you know there's the thing obviously the manager knows better than us what people are doing at training and obviously Hans knows Hatati better than any of us so um you know I'd like to see him get a rest but I don't think he will um I think it'll be Callum and Hatati I'd pick uh, I'd pick Matt O'Reilly over uh, Rogic just because I think Rogic is better coming off the bench now um, mm. and uh, up front. So you'd you'd put Jack O'Mac and instead of Kyogo up front, John. Yeah,
1: I picked Jack O'Mac instead of Kyogo to start. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's yeah. It's interesting because Kyogo needs the minutes in his legs, but. You know, at this point, at this point in the season, is it worth it? Jack Marcus has been just—it's like having a big John Hartson or a Chris Sutton up front for us again. Oh, that's brilliant! You know, and you love that kind of player, especially with a—he's a tank as well. He's like—he oh, is, you know. Um, so absolutely, absolutely, Maeda. Um, again, that's... I'd pick yeah, Maeda on the left. Um. Just to be different, I'll put Kyogo in there because the he needs. What does he need? Three goals to get to the twenty goals of the season as well, yeah. Kyogo, which he, which he would deserve and he would have absolutely bust. So I'll put Kyogo in the middle, um, and I'll put um, I'll put a out to the right. I'm hang on, I'm resting Jota. Am I? Why am I resting <laughs> Jota? <laughs>
0: oh, actually, do you know, Catch do yourself on. Do, you know, do, you
2: know, do you know why I'm resting Jota? Because I put a couple of tweets, and I'm not kidding. His hair. Wasn't as good in the last. There was something, there was, it wasn't quite. Under control, and I and I worried that before he got that goal, he'd missed the chance, and I'm like, I think he he felt like he'd been made to get into the pitch five minutes before he was finished with his hair, <laughs> and it, it took him a wee bit to get into the game. Then he was great, so I would say, you know, maybe it's a game time decision if you're in the dressing room, jota What's the, are you? And if he's like, no, I need another ten minutes, then all right, don't you worry, we'll put you on the bench and we'll put a we'll, we'll put a badder out instead. <laughs>
0: And your score, Dominic? Like...
2: You know what? Um, you know what? They beat us in that first game of the season. And that's when people started to laugh at Ange. Mm. And I think as a result, you know, that, that because we didn't get the win last weekend... I think those players and that manager are going to be so fired up. If we get an early goal, see what James had just put there, 4-0? I can see that. I'll go 3-0 because I'm a little bit more conservative, but if we score first, yep, 3-4-5. Let's, let's say 3-0. They'll be so yeah. fired I want,
0: up. I want to be party time. I think you make a great point. There'll be a bit of revenge mission there to kind of right that wrong of the, the yeah. start of the season. I, I myself, I'll go Hart, Ralston, Starfelt, CCV, Taylor. I'll go, I'll go Beaton, Calmac. O'Reilly, give uh, Hattata a wee break. And I'll go Jada, Yakimakis, and Mieta. And I'll go 3-0 as well. And you did mention Jada's hurt. Maybe it was Ralston just going... <laughs> <laughs> See my, my oh, worry about
2: good. you. My worry about your lineup, though, Stephen, is again. I've just that I get beat on another guy who has been. I mean, I would have had him out the club like months ago. Yeah. But then he's had those times where he's come on and really shored things up. Um. But starting it, you've just got that beat on red card is always just waiting there to happen. And it's just like, oh no, because what I can see, beat on's maybe the last guy you want to start if everyone's fired up because you'll get that yellow within five minutes and then it's like oh no, then you will get the red, we'll be down to ten we'll lose it, they'll win and it will come down to that last day and the hearts will ship 18 goals <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd say before we wrap up the podcast someone brought it in in the comments earlier, I can't remember who, so forgive me if you if you hear it being brought up, just say your name and I'll mention you, but someone mentioned John that this pre-season, now, because we're going to miss that kind of early qualifiers and all that the early friendlies, literally two weeks off. You're straight back in. It's a perfect chance to rest the Japanese players who played a full season, get the squad back together, revives you know, coming back from injury, and hopefully you, uh, Julian recovering more and getting more involved with the first team. I think it'll be greatly, greatly beneficial, won't it?
1: No, absolutely, of course. I mean, they, they all need a break to be honest, because they've they've been busting their ass all season, and they what how the Japanese boys have managed to come in after a full year in Japan. Uh, and then do another half season here at the pace the scottish game as well is incredible and i don't know Maida's no human i'm sure oh, yeah. he's, <laughs> i'm sure he's probably some sort of android of some sort yeah. because there's no way a human should be able to do what he's doing it's absolutely mental yeah but they the only do
0: yeah they do what about yourself Dominic? it is final for this pre-season i think like yeah it is uh,
2: there's two ways i mean what's What those qualifiers do do is it it, it's a good chance to see what people are going to be like under pressure, which you know you're you're Mm. you're not gonna get that, but you know, that set of thoughts. don't be wrong, still rather go straight into the champions they can get that money. Julian's interesting that what is the what is the deal? I mean nobody knows nobody was Julian was was our best centre back, right? Then he gets that like I mean, never in a million times would that injury happen again, injured by the goalpost. And then he's and then he comes back and he's on the bench and then he gets on for a bit and then he's not even on the bench for a couple of games and again you you think there's some something's happening there. I, listen. I, Stephen Welsh's attitude is phenomenal. He's one yes. of these players. I I wish him to do great. He's about six inches too small. That's the that's you know that's the only thing. But why why Julian has not been been getting thirty minutes every game? I don't know.
1: So I think. I, it, it... Sorry, Dominic. I think it no, comes no. down to, like you said, he's obviously he had that freak injury, and I mean at the time when it happened, and it, it obviously he it banged his knee, but it didn't look as bad as it did. But apparently no. he, he crushed that whatever it's called, the capella or whatever. The, I don't Vitella. know what you call it. Vitella. Uh Like completely smashed it. He's obviously been out for a lengthy time, um, and he's just coming back for injury. He's got a wee run out in his legs, but I think at this stage of the season, trash. You've got a great pairing in CCB and Starfield, and tr- shaking that up might be costly. Um, Obviously, you want to, because it's been so close, the running this year, coming at the end of this season, you don't want to upset that sort of chemistry that you've built between the two mm. at the minute. I yeah. think if we wrap it up against Hearts, then like you mentioned, a good opportunity for then Julian in the next, the last two games to get a wee run out and, yeah. and I'm sure he'll be working just as hard during pre, the, the, the sort of postseason pre-season to get himself up to scratch and then Angel try him out in some friendlies and see how he gels with hopefully a CCV and that to see how he fits in. I still think he's got a role to play. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong and he still seems in good spirits if he check, he's. Instagram or whatever yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he, and he loves the club. He, he wants to try it. He wants to be here. He wants to work for it. I think it's just a matter of circumstance rather than anything else. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's hmm. a strange one, Dominic, because as you said, he was our best centre-back. He he scored some vital goals in Europe, the Lazio goal, the League Cup goal against Razors to win that one when we were under the cost for most of the game. And then he gets that injury. He's back on the hands. And apart from, was it Alwa? Was, that even, was it Alwa he played against? Or was it, was it Rafe Dominic or something came, like that?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something like that. He got 30 minutes to, didn't look that good to be honest. But obviously, no. it's been a match fitness term, and I do agree. Maybe if wrap it up tomorrow, he could get like a a game, at least a game towards the end of the season if he's fit enough. But it kind of brings us to the end of the podcast. Now I was going to do a quiz, right? But I'm not going to do it no more because John has bad form with him. I'm interested with you, Dominic, <laughs> right? And I'm, I'm interested with you, Dominic, in terms of your Celtic memories. Now I do this with the guests in terms of, like the footballers I have on, and sometimes it's interesting what to say. What would be your dream 5 aside that you've seen play for Celtic?
2: Do I, what, do, am I playing with them? Because if I'm playing no, with you're, them... you're, oh, you're picking. Oh, right, because if I'm playing with, the them, I'm with them... You're the manager. Okay. It was just, if I'm playing with them, Hartson would be the first pick because he's the only one I could keep up with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Well, yeah, I mean, you'd have to have Lubo, you know, for a start. Um, you'd have to have Henrik up front because I'd named my my son after him. Do you know what's interesting? So my son is Charlie Henrik Larson. Uh, I'm sorry, Charlie Henrik Diamond. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he was Charlie Henrik Larson. (laughs) But um, but he's not not remotely interested in football, right? Um, Which has broken my heart because he's grown up as a Canadian, you know, for 30 years. But recently, because again, 17-year-old, you know, teenage boys that are a bit mental, aren't they? So he, he came down a couple of weeks and said, You know what? I want to be known by my middle name now. And I'm like, What? And he's changed like his Xbox signings to Henrik now. And I'm like, Oh, oh my god, that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we definitely definitely have Henrik. Um, I would have Joe Hart and goal. Uh, no, holy goalie, holy goalie, holy goalie I was
0: gonna say there, Dominic.
2: Because <laughs> just because hopefully, you know, at one point if we play a certain team. From The other side of Glasgow, I'd like to see him cross himself at the start of the game. Um, at the back, um, I would have Adam Danny McGrain because I love the guy absolutely so much, Uh, he's just one of the loveliest guys ever. And, um, so uh, yeah, so five when you say five, do you mean five outfield at one goalie or like five in total? Five in total. Ivan okay. Yep. So Tom Boyd, right? Great player, but just just I'm in stitches every single game on Celtic TV with his oh, pure unbridled, like not give a shit favoritism for I mean some of the stuff he calls is brilliant. And I can I can just when Tom's angry, he's angry. When he's happy, he's happy. And I love him as, yep. as well. But we yeah, have, we have, we have Tom and Danny McGrain at the back. We'd have uh Lubo sitting just behind. Uh, Henrik I would have would have Joe Hart at the back. Holy goalie! Holy goalie at the back. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's Joe Hart. It's it's Joe Hart. You want Joe Hart in there? Do you know, and do again-
2: know what I'll tell you what's good about Joe Hart, right? Is that um I saw Joe Hart when I was in Toronto and Toronto FC played a preseason friendly against Man City, and oh my seeing Man City train doing like the one touch games was unreal. But Joe Hart for about 30 minutes at the end stood um at the edge of the edge of the penalty area, and someone fired in crosses, and he volleyed them into the net, and he must have got forty in a row as oh, a striker. Oh, 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 oh. Unbelievable! He was absolutely unbelievable.
0: I think Joe's calling you in here. Dominic used to have the the dreads.
2: Dominic, yeah, used to have dreads, I used, no had to put, you know, I had a ponytail at some point, and I think it, the way I combed it looked like I had dreads Um, but yeah, about two years ago I had the last ever, my last ever attempt to grow my hair long and um, and um, I think it's because I, I, I didn't cut it for a while and, and then I, I, I kind of combed it back, and so I go, Well, oh, you look a bit like Jack Nicholson, I'm like, okay, I like that and then I grew it longer and longer, but it seemed the longer it went, the further it slipped back, so, um, so <laughs> I, I, I looked like the, 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 the brother who Gets killed in Godfather Two. I look like Fredo, so <laughs> so, so that's it. I shaved it all back. So now it's just uh, it's just whatever the hell you call that now, Holy jeez!
0: <laughs> and just as you did in your in the other show, Ryan, I'll I'll bring it up to the end again. You're starting something new. You've done some fantastic work with the game master, radio personality. You've done work with the Guardian, and tell it. This remind them of your new venture again.
2: Sure, it's just it's a wee uh, video games thing to try and make sense of uh, of modern games for uh, you know, us people who have grown up a little bit um, and find it all a bit scary, and it's called Dominic's Little Old Purple Column, and it's out on the the Substack platform every week, every Thursday, 6.30pm, same time as Games Master used to be on, and uh, it's uh, written, and it's also me reading it out as well, and uh, if you want any details of that, just go to my Twitter, at Dominic Diamond.
0: Perfect, perfect. And obviously we'll include all the links and stuff and we'll post it exactly. and that, so it'll be great. And just again, come to yourself. We appreciate you coming on. Have you enjoyed your time with us?
2: Oh, yes, very much so. No, it's, very, it's absolutely great. I like, it's funny because I think that... um. Uh, uh, I've done a couple of Celtic podcasts that are on Friday night over there, and it always seems to be the best. It's a good time, you know. And what also yeah. what's, what's good it means that now, see, I can go and have a beer now, and it's only ten past two, but I can say to my wife, Oh, come on, it's middle of the night over there now. So that's okay. let start my weekend now.
0: I mean, Alistair thought I was on the cans. I'm on the Fanta, Alistair. So does the I car thought that I thought
2: that was I thought that was a tenants
0: as well. <laughs> no Fanta, chance. Fanta. And apparently that's been discontinued. I don't know, but apparently it is. Is that because they're
2: translated by the word orange? Can you not use that? <laughs> in
0: <laughs> Probably. And yourself, John? Oh, no, have you enjoyed no one this likes, one?
1: No
2: one likes us, we don't care. Don't call us orange. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, man. As always, as I say, Friday night's not usually a night I get on eh, because I'm usually busy. But it's it's good to get on on a Friday.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And again, to everyone watching, watching, I'll be back again. Tuesday, hopefully in party mode after we've wrapped up the league title against the Jambos tomorrow. And in the meantime, from all of us, and thanks again to Dominic for coming on, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.
2: Hail, hail. What a hoops.